whole chapter. So if you can have that ready, we're going to read that. And I'll just pray before we read. Actually, Mariska's not here today, is she? Mariska, no, just, uh, just pray for Mariska too, because she's heading off to Uganda at the end of this week uh, with World Vision. Um, and we'll be over there for a couple of weeks. And um, so I just thought I want to pray for her as well. So let me do that as we um, come into a time of prayer and hearing from the word. Lord and God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us your instruction for or, uh, your instruction book for life. We thank you that it has been recorded and that your spirit uh, has kept it for us so that we can be guided through life that we have these words of hope, um, these words of direction, these words of um, purpose and meaning uh, for our lives. And so, Lord, as we read them, we ask that your spirit would uh, open them up to us, that our eyes and ears and our hearts would understand them and that we would know what it means for us as we live our lives here on this earth. Father God, I just too want to pray for Mariska at this moment as she gets ready to head off to Uganda at the end of this week. I just want to pray that you would lead her and guide her and uh, the team of World, with World Vision and that you would um, yeah, just be revealing yourself to them as they uh, are exposed to your work uh, in North Uganda and Southern Sudan. And I just pray that you would bless them and guide them and keep them and protect them. Lord, we thank you uh, for this Easter time that we do get to hear your word. And as I preach, I pray that you would uh, speak through me uh, into the hearts of your people. And Lord, I pray that the words that are spoken will uh, be empowered by your spirit for the glory of your name. Amen. So Matthew chapter 28. Let's read from there. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord had descended from heaven and come and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for, the fear, and for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and they took hold of his feet and they worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. And while they were going, behold, some of, the guard, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests and all, all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell, 
people that his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and they did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews until this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this uh, Easter Sunday... You've probably seen it if you've been on Facebook at all or Instagram or um, Twitter that uh, there's lots of comments coming out that Jesus is risen, he's alive, he's risen from the dead. And in so doing, when we remember this story, we remember that Jesus did as he said he would do, therefore proving who he was. That as he conquered death and sin and Satan and rose to life, that he proved that he was the Son of God, God come and dwelling amongst us. But in a surprising twist, he holds off his final judgment in order that people would still be saved. This is a surprising twist particularly for the Jews who thought the Messiah was going to bring about the end. But lucky for us that he has held off his return so that we too may be saved. And at the end of the Gospels, uh, he ascends into heaven and he brings about um, a new era, the era of the church. Uh, The Holy Spirit comes down. And there's this sense that as you read through the book of Acts, that Jesus is still alive. The things that were happening when Jesus was here on earth is now happening through his church as the Holy Spirit comes upon it with power and his life is lived out through his people. As they go into a new life living as he did, following him, modeling their lives on his life, that they have been given a purpose to proclaim that Jesus lives, that he's alive. We recognize, though, as Scott sort of uh, still pointed out here, isn't it, that we live in the now and not yet. Even though we know Christ's victory and we know his um, victory over death and sin and Satan, we live in the now and not yet that as we wait for his second coming, there are still sticky situations in our lives. But yet we know hope and meaning and purpose that have been given in this instruction book to help us through those situations, through our circumstances, so that we can have a different perspective on the lives before us. 
So some 2,000 years after these events, we as his people can continue to live out the reality that Jesus is alive. He's alive in us. His life is displayed through the way we live, think, speak and act. That the world will experience the resurrected Christ through us who seek to follow him and live for him. It's a bit scary and daunting, isn't it? Until we read this instruction book and we remember that we will receive power from on high and that we hear Jesus' words that he will never leave us as we seek to display him in this world, to live lives that show who he is. So if you were here on Good Friday, we looked at Jesus' death through the eyes of a group of women, uh, that all four Gospels record that there were these women uh, who Jesus had uh, interacted with over the course of his ministry and life on earth, and they had followed him to Jerusalem. That they had followed him to the crucifixion, and they, uh, they went through his death. As they stood near the cross, watching the suffering that he went through, blow by blow, as the Messiah was nailed to a cross. And why were they there? That's the question we asked on Good Friday. Why were they there? Because they believed that Jesus was who he said he was. They believed that he was the Son of God. God come amongst us. And even though they had doubts through his death... On this day, good, uh, on, on Easter Sunday, they recognised that as Jesus rose from the grave, rose from the dead, they realised even more that he was who he said he was. And that meant that his death, the way that he viewed his death was very different. Because they now recognised that Jesus could have saved himself from that cross. He could have come down from the cross. He could have saved, uh, um, not gone through that. But they now realized that this was a display of the extent of his love. That he was willing to endure that cross so that they could have life. That this Sunday morning, this group of women... (laughs) again continue to follow Jesus as they've gone to the cross and they've gone to, um, to, to the tomb. And um, we read here, it was Mary, uh, the two Marys, but the other Gospels record that there were actually other women that went. Salome was one of them. And it actually in, uh, in Luke, it mentions the other women. And so there was this group of women that had gone to the tomb and probably to prepare his body with spices and things like that. And yet, as they come there, they have this interaction with the angel. And this angel speaks to them and reminds them that Jesus is who he said he was. And that he is doing what he said he would do. And that he has risen from the dead. And that he is alive.
these women who had experienced his power, who had, ex- who had heard his teaching and been exposed to him proclaiming who he was, who had journeyed through his death, now on this Easter Sunday as they realised he was alive, their lives began to change. Their lives began to have new meaning, new purpose, new direction. If Jesus was who he said he was, if he was the Son of God and that he willingly died for them, then they were who he said he was, who he said they were. <laughs> Get that right. So they had a new identity. They were, Jesus had said, you are my disciples. But what did he say to his disciples? You are my friends. More than that, what does he say? You are my brothers and sisters. And so these words that Jesus had been proclaiming were now being lived out in their lives. Their new identity, that they were brothers and sisters with Christ. That they were now destined for eternity. And I like um, that reenactment of that clip of Salome that we heard at the start that I thought just might give us a bit of an insight into um, the reaction of these women um, understanding this new life that they have been given. And did you hear some of the words that she said? She said, the empty tomb is worth a thousand promises. As she recognized that those promises that Jesus had made about her, them, were now fulfilled through Jesus' death and resurrection. Did you hear what she said? She said, do you see what this means? That he was the Messiah. No one could contain him. That Jesus exceeded expectations. He, she, she realized, what did she say? In the, I like that line that she said, we were hoping too small. She was just hoping that the Romans would be kicked out. But now what she recognized is that she has life forever, that she would be resurrected with Christ, that she has a new purpose in who she is. How does Jesus' resurrection impact you? How are you reacting to today the reality that Jesus is alive Did you hear what she said when she said every roadblock was removed, that not even death could stop him? What rival could stand against me? (laughs) That even in my lowest of lows or my highest of highs, I now have a new view, a new perspective, a new life, a new way of viewing this, a new perspective on whatever my circumstance may be. That I'm not just thinking about a mortal reality, but I'm thinking about immortality. If there is hope in this world, she said, it is Jesus the Christ. She has a new hope, a new meaning a new identity through him. And so now as these women, 
at the tomb meet Jesus again. And they interact with Jesus again. Their new lives begin to get a new twist as they recognize who they are because of what Jesus has just done. And do you know and do you see what their response is? Did you hear it? When they met Jesus again, they fell at his feet and worshipped him. They were filled with fear and joy, wonder and amazement. And that as they fell at their feet, Jesus gave them a new purpose. He says, do not be afraid. And then he says, go and tell my brothers. And so they recognize their identity in him. They recognize their purpose, their life's meaning now in him. And I just want us, as we think about them, and we're thinking about us and our new lives, and why are you here today, and what impact has Jesus had on your life, and are you thinking about what is your new life like in Jesus? I want us just to think of these uh, four things, these four new things. They're on the next slide. Our new identity, our new purpose, our new power, and our new family. That this is our reality as brothers and sisters in Christ. That we have a new identity, that we are, as I said, brothers and sisters, but we are also sons and daughters of the living God. Co-heirs with Christ. And you notice that their lives, their new identity, is one of thanks and joy and worship. That's what they do. They fall on their feet and they worship God. And I said this on Friday and I say it again today, that it's the difference between Christianity and every other religion or worldview or philosophy. Is that what Jesus did for you is a gift that he gives to you, And our new lives then become one of thanks to him. Every other world religion or world philosophy talks about you having to earn, you having to work, you having to do, you having to strive harder, you having... And so even we've twisted it to we have to worship God so that he will be happy with us. Now, that's that's not Christianity. That's pagan religion. Christianity is that because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, our lives become one of thanks, one of worship, one of doing what he asked us to do because of what he has done for us. And so their new identity is that they are right with God and they have been given joy and comfort and hope to live as Jesus had called them to live. That we bow down and worship God because of his love, 
not to earn it. That's, that's, that's their new identity. They bow down and worship because of his love, not because we have to earn it. This new life, this new identity is one of freedom, of fullness, of confidence, of strength. That we become recipients of an eternal life. And as Jesus said to them, the first words that he says to them is to fear not. And later on we hear, because I am with you, I will be with you. And so they have a new identity, a new purpose. So what does he tell them straight away? Straight away as he, um, as he um, almost says, come <laughs> to me, um, worship me. And then he straight away says, go. So to come and then go. Go and tell my brothers. And at the end of chapter 28, was it? Then they're to go and make disciples to the end of the world. And so their new purpose is to be proclaimers of this good news. To live it out in action. To speak it out in words. To look at the way Jesus had lived it. To live lives of love, of grace, of forgiveness, of truth, of sacrifice in order to proclaim him as the one who died and rose again, as the one who was sent from heaven to earth, the one who took upon himself the punishment of all sin so that they may be right with God, so that they may have a new identity, so they may have life to the full. And as we get into Acts, almost immediately in Acts, Acts chapter 2, as they start preaching and talking about this, the thing that they start preaching about and become central to their message right through the rest is the fact that Jesus had rose from the dead. They started preaching the resurrection. Look at the, the first sermons uh, in Acts and right through is the fact is that Jesus showed who he said he was by rising from the dead. And so they have been um, given this new purpose to be uh, livers and proclaimers of the good news of Jesus' resurrection. And then they are given new power, and Jesus alludes to it here straight away at the end of chapter 28, isn't it? Where he says that I will be with you always. And he says, um, all authority is given to me. And they're by inference that it's given to you because I am with you. And then as we get into the story of Acts and uh, we read Jesus' message to his disciples there, he says, wait, from power on, uh, wait for my power from on high, my Holy Spirit that is going to come on you. And so along with this new identity, this new purpose, a new power comes on those who believe Jesus for who he is. And that power is the one of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, as it's talking about uh, the Holy Spirit coming on the church, it was poured on men and women, which was a big thing in that culture and that time. And so these women who had followed Jesus through his death to this new life now knew that the, the words of the prophets of old, that's that the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, would come and be poured on men and women alike that he would come on them with power to enable them to live this out. And as I've said many, many times, <laughs> the power of the Spirit in you 
is Christ's love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness. always get them mixed up. Um, that is the power of the Spirit manifesting himself in you. He promised his church, that church, you will be like me. You will be known as me, my body, the body of Christ, and I will give you gifts. Remember what Jesus said, that you will do greater things than this when he was telling, talking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit coming on his church. And in your weakness, my power will be made known. As you negotiate life and as you come across those sticky situations, I have given you my spirit who is your counselor and guide. Seek him and he will show you the way. He will help you hear the father's voice. He will help you live like Jesus. Actually, the role of the spirit is to make us look like Jesus, to speak like Jesus, to think like Jesus. And so this morning, as Jesus reminds us of his resurrection and reminds us of the gift of his spirit, we remember Jesus' teaching to his disciples. He says, you do not have because you do not ask. And he's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying to his people, ask for the power of the spirit to enable you to live this new life. And lastly, the new thing that they're given is a new family. That as we read into Acts, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 14, it talks um, uh, about the group of uh, disciples that had gathered, and it said they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Again, these women, this group that had followed them through, uh, followed Jesus through his death, uh, through the resurrection, and now into this new family. And they're part of the disciples as they are given this uh, new purpose, new direction, new power. And they're praying together as uh, the Spirit comes upon them. They're given a new identity, and this is where these uh, images start to overlap, isn't it? Because their sons and daughters, together with their brothers and sisters, they now have the ear of their father. They can speak to, what are they doing? They're praying for their father to act through them. This new life of power, of, of access to the father. And we're seeing that that just doesn't happen to them individually, but they are corporately uh, built into this uh, place where Jesus said, remember, you are part of my body, a collective together. You're part of my flock you're part of my family. And that as a community, uh, we have been given this uh, new life to worship and to go. To come to Jesus and to go out with his message. And in Acts chapter 2, verse, uh, in chapter 2 and 4, you remember those classic passages of what it looks like to live this new life together where the people were continually gathering together, learning and growing, where they were eating together, they were sharing the sacraments together, they were praying together. God was working amongst them. They had new purpose. They were praising. They were worshipping. <laughs> they had a new life together. 
And as they were doing that, <laughs> what happened? The Lord added daily to their number those that were being saved. And so as his disciples lived out this new life, as they became followers of Jesus, God added to their numbers those who were being saved. And some 2,000 years later, we're still on that same plan and purpose that Jesus has given us in our new lives in him. A new identity, a new purpose, a new power, a new family for all who would believe Jesus for who he said he was. And that in that step of faith, we become who he said we were. His brothers and sisters, the children of the living God, those destined for eternity with him. So like the women who journeyed through Jesus' death, resurrection into this new life, How are you responding to Jesus this morning? What's your response to his promises to those who believe? If you put yourself in the position of those women at the tomb, interacting with Jesus, becoming part of the family, how do you respond? to the fact that he is alive. Why are you here this morning? <laughs> Do you believe Jesus for who he said he was? And are you living in the reality of those promises that were fulfilled through his death and resurrection? Jesus said to his disciples early on that I have come to give you life, life to the full. And he's both there alluding to the fact of life in this physical world, that there is a new purpose, a new identity, a new meaning, a new joy, a new comfort, but also life for eternity. Do you believe Jesus this morning? And maybe Jesus is calling you to, this, to follow the example of these women. To come and go. To fall at his feet and to worship him and to acknowledge him for who he is. And then to go out and live that reality with your neighbours, with your families, with your work colleagues, with your school friends. So that the world will know that Jesus is alive. Let's pray. Lord and God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you so loved the world that you sent your Son and that you have made the promise that whoever would believe in him would not die but have eternal life. Lord, we thank you that that promise was fulfilled in Jesus that when Jesus died on the cross, 
that the punishment of sin was put on him. So that we may be right with you. So that we may have new life, new purpose, new meaning, new identity. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that when you ascended on high and took your place in the heavenly realms again, that you didn't leave us on this earth by ourselves, but that you sent us your spirit. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come and dwell within us, that you give us that purpose. You give us the power to live this out, that you are our guide and our counsel. And so, Lord, this morning... We ask again that you would help us to respond in worship and in mission. That we would acknowledge you as our Lord and Saviour. And we would acknowledge the mission that you've called us to. To go and live out this new life of Jesus. So that others too can be saved and added to your church and your family. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to sing a song, and the song is, uh, Here I Am to Worship, Here I Am to Bow Down. And I'd ask that you would use this song as your response, your response to Jesus interacting with you this morning on this Easter Sunday. <laughs>